As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is going headfirst down the snow hill in the sled. I love it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to your most favorite preseason prep show ever in the entire world. With me, as always, your friend of mine, Derek Van Ryback. Just crossing my fingers that the three slow drafts I've got going simultaneously while running Zoom doesn't cause the recording to glitch out. Oh, oh you mean on your... I thought you meant like you're going to miss picks. You mean no, you just no, run no. on your computer hut. Yeah, yeah, I just got too many things running, and I'm sure at some point that causes a problem, but ah, no one cares about that. My friend and yours, Ian I'm so very, 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 very pleased to be back with you guys. You know, I've been doing a lot of guesting on other shows, which is always fun. Uh, most of the time, super fun. Uh, but great to be back with my partners in crime, doing our, our show, which is part fun, part information, as our friend Glenn Colton likes to tell me. I consider it all fun. And all yeah, information. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Yeah. All right. They can be both. Uh, on today's show, draft stuff. Um, we had a very cool column from uh, from all of our beat writers here at The Athletic with some sleepers that I wanted to run through. And Ian has already warned me not to go too deep on them because, uh, like, some of them were pretty deep. Um, like, like so deep, like, some of them don't have a bait. Like, I was looking like, I should buy his baseball card. Doesn't exist. So <laughs> <laughs> I think Jacob Webb. Jacob Webb has got to be the line that we don't go, you know, under. Though I'm interested to talk about Jacob Webb. I find him fascinating. Yeah, spoiler alert. Jacob Webb is one of the four we're going to go over. The other mm-hmm. 26 are in the column. You can go read it yourself. Um, Ian put some weird notes in that I don't understand, which is going to be fun. I'll be uh, happy to discuss yeah, <laughs> I know you will. And uh, maybe we'll wrap it up with uh, some Shogo Akiyama talk. But let's go, let's go into it. Uh, as DVR mentioned, he's got three slow drafts right now. I have two. I got Tau Wars and I got Score Sheet. Uh, Ian, how about you? I got TGFBI. I've got a four hundred dollar that I'm sharing with James Anderson. I have a first year player draft. Oh, dad! I've got a four hundred dollar that I'm sharing with James Anderson. Ding! And I've got a uh, a first year player draft going and prepping for AL Labor this weekend. Oh my goodness! So much work. So much fun. Ridiculous. Also, the dynasty rankings did drop last week remarkably fun experience uh and i guess we'll talk about that later um about the questions and answers on the actual <laughs> right, just page go ahead. just go ahead man um okay you uh, well. <laughs> first like thing is are- i need i need i need editing ability because i feel so bad and nando never calls me back uh, and he's like i'll call you tomorrow so i'm so totally sorry i totally forgot well, at least I, I, like, oh, I totally forgot i was gonna call you that day oh ian i'm sorry it's monday i told you i was gonna call you thursday Ian, if you um, if you could text like a regular person living in 2021, it would make life a lot I, easier. I mean, I could, but I'm still I'm older than everybody, so you know I'm I'm still 48 years old, born in 1972. I still like the phone, which is how I make many of my trades, as I think I've made clear before. Anyway, on the questions and comments on the page, what's kind of awesome is I'm getting so many questions, dynasty questions, keeper questions, and like it's super fun because every time I open it up, there's another question that makes me really kind of think about it. I'm like, mm, ooh, ah, um, and. Uh, if you are an athletic subscriber, and if you're not an athletic subscriber, please go to the Dynasty Rankings page, put an Ian Con Dynasty Rankings, sign up from there, because then Nando goes, hey, you got another subscription. Good job, Ian. That's <laughs> I know. really good. Um, I was going to give you a ding, but that already belongs to James Anderson. 
Yeah, so uh, so go there and then really, I promise. Like on Twitter, I'm sort of like going to get to the point where I'm like, are you a subscriber? Please go to the page and I'll answer your questions. Um, so it's not that expensive to be an athletic subscriber and you get really so much amazing information. Uh, you know, Sarah Stark, Van Riper. I mean, just down the line, just great Jake Seeley, great rankings. Uh, Keith Law, for God's sakes. So join us. Come join. Ask your questions. You will get a response within 24 hours. Um, and, cause it's fun and I enjoy it. So that's it. I just wanted to say that. And please let me edit so I can correct my mistakes. Well, you can edit. All you got to do is send me an email and be like, there are three things I need to fix. Yeah, I guess so. Who do you need to fix in the downloads? You could just, I don't know. They, right. You know, Kettle Marte <laughs> is all lowercase and somebody, somebody wrote, that's really fun. I don't know why I enjoy the fact that Kettle Marte is all lowercase. And I don't even know why he's like that. He so wrote kind of, Raul Mondesi Jr. And the only reason right, I, I did, I caught so that because when we have to input the, the, the lists, the, the yeah. rankings tool, um, it didn't have a face for him. I'm like, oh right, Edalberto. What a yeah. weird, what a weird mistake to make. Yeah, I, I blame myself. Wasn't he Diego? Wasn't he Raul Mondesi Jr. for a while before they changed it when he first came up? He was. You're not making that up. Mm, no, I don't think so. When he was like very new to the prospect pool, maybe that's what he was going by. But yeah, that's I that. So, that yeah. one switched a while ago. Yes, it did. I have no excuse. I have no excuse. I have no excuse for misspelling Garrett Cole's name and putting only putting two T's instead of one. Anyway, there's a lot of other more fun and interesting stuff to discuss and very excited to get to it. So let's go. All right. So that's Ian's recap of a slow draft. Steve, how are yours going? Uh, TGFBI. I'm in round six almost. So that's Mm. pretty cool. I might get to make a pick while we're recording. I've got a league that our friends at Prospects Live started up. It's a five-year dynasty best ball. That started up yesterday. And that one's crazy because it's 10 UT spots and nine pitching spots. There are no positions. So aside from the fact that it's got uh, you know five-year view, you've also got 30 teams in the league. Very difficult exercise, very different uh, than TGFBI. And then one kind of in between the two is a league called GLARF. It's the Great Lakes Area Rotisserie <laughs> Fantasy, I think is what it stands Glarf. for. It's is like Matt Williams Glarf. running that? He's running the one that's over by Philadelphia. So yeah, there's yeah. like the like Barf was the first one. That was the Bay Area one. Uh, that a bunch of people we know play in. Justin Mason, I think, started that one. Uh, so now there's a few of these regional leagues that have popped up. That one's mine. So that one's different because it's 15 teams like TGFBI, but it's OBP instead of average, and it's quality nice. starts instead of wins. So nice. I got three drafts going at once, and none of them have the same rules. So it's just it's a little bit jarring because every time I open up the room, I have to kind of recalibrate my mind to the actual format that I'm playing in. You're in the sixth round in TGFBI? I am in the third round and the early parts of the third round. Mm. How'd you, what'd you do so far in your top five? So I had the 11th pick and I went Jose Ramirez followed by you Darvish, Alex Bregman, Starling Marte, and now Glaber Torres. Yeah. Okay. I kind of regret the Darvish pick already. It's just sort of like what people do in that spot. And I just, I don't know. (laughs) I I did the same thing in tout, in tout wars. What did you do? I got, I got, uh, 15. I got took Darvish and Lindor, but I know exactly what DVR is thinking. Like I'm looking at who's available, and I'm like, eh, I mean, I don't want to, but there's a tier. Yeah, but draw. the Tower Wars is different, bro, because Tower Wars is a 50 round draft, draft right? and hold, like yeah. an NFBC draft and hold. Yeah. You need to get pitching. I mean, I went Yelich uh, at 12. I was really deciding between Yelich and Freeman and Story, and I decided to go Yelich at 12, and then uh, came back around to Giolito who was there, which surprised me that he was there. Um, you yeah. love Giolito, man. I mean, I, I, you know what? This was one of those picks where I don't have Giolito anywhere. I, I think the value is is good. Um, but I don't think pitching is as necessary in TGFBI as it normally is because you, there's waivers. And there are pitchers that come up, and there are pitchers that are available, and relievers as well. So it's a, it's a different format. You're only drafting 30 guys. Ariel Cohen's scouting report of you this year is just going to be like, bring up Giolito for 35, and he'll go 36. <laughs> Ariel That's all Cohen. it's going to be, yeah. I've spent a lot of time with Ariel Cohen this week. <laughs> I have spent more head. time on the phone. He's, I hope so. He's got a lot of good information that he's teaching me, and I am grateful to learn. Listen, if somebody beats me, and we were tied in Tout Wars, but he was there, right? I was like, Ariel, tell me something that, you know, teach me something. And he's teaching me some stuff, so it's it's pretty great. I really do appreciate it. He's a, he's a very very smart guy. He is, and yeah, he is. And uh, and I, I believe there will be an impression later in the show if there is time. Because just to be clear, R.L. Cohen loves this impression. 
Okay, people are like, does he like that? He loves it. And his wife apparently loves it. His wife's like, that's pretty good. So uh, so I will, I, I have, I, Steve Steve Gardner helped me write a little bit more and added to it. Uh, so we'll we'll do that later in the show. Yeah, later in the show. That one we'll will actually tease. wait till later in the show. Yeah, very um, good, yes. Actually, I'm up again in Tower Wars. You want to help me make my picks? Very much. Right. Very much we want to help you make your picks. So I got Lindor and Darvish. I'm on the, I'm on the ends, so it takes forever until my next pick. Right. Um, my cue right now is Jose Abreu, Eloy Jimenez, Pete Alonso, Vlad Jr., Judge. Oh, Eloy is still there at 45? Yeah. Wait, is it 45? If you're up again and you, you were 15 Yeah, 16, round three, pick 15, yeah. Eloy's there? Strange, right? It's an OBP league. I don't think that really makes a difference. So I was going to go Abreu and Alonso, but I, I can't like skip. Actually, Luis Roberts still there, too. OBP. DVR, what do you think? What, what Eli- pitchers are there? Eloy stood out to me of those of those hitters. Like Eloy, kind of stood out to me as the the all around hitter I like the most. Man, Alonzo is somewhat tempting there, but I I think you can find similar players to Alonzo a little bit well, later. I got back to backs. Yeah, no, I know, but I, I just I mean I think there's a few other like low average decent OBP masher types that you can can get a little later. I think the Luis Robert thing is pretty fascinating because. Look, the strikeout rate was a problem last year. We talked about the production being clustered up at the beginning of the season. But there's power, there's speed. There's an 8.8% walk rate in year one. You add it all up, he was basically a league average hitter, but exciting in all the ways that we want a fantasy player to be exciting. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if he cuts the K rate down even a little, if he gets into the mid to high 20s with the K rate, holds on to the walks, which, okay, here's the question. Do you trust that the walk rate is real? coming off of, of, of last year because he never really walked like that as he cruised through the minor leagues, at least, you know, high A, double A, triple A. We saw 5% walk rates. Is is patience something that Luis Robert has? I think so. Hundred. I, I think, first of all, Mankata did it, and maybe he just imparted some wisdom, and he's like, listen, man, like, don't like be that guy who strikes out 200-something times. Um, not, you know, he's in danger of it, but, you know, take some wisdom from your elders. But also, we've heard players say they were pressing a ton last year. And to actually be the person who didn't press last year, I think is even more impressive. In fact, I think that's even a more impressive walk rate than it would normally be in any other year. I mean, you're like this stud prospect coming up, starting with the White Sox that people have been waiting for forever. And you're like, I'm just going to walk a little bit here in a 60-game season? That's pretty impressive, to me at least. At least in the Ian mental game aspect of it all. I mean, Aaron Judge, maybe... Only because of the OBP, but it's still early for Judge. It just is. It's just early. I would take Judge over Alonzo if you're thinking about those two players. But yeah. I, I'm really tempted to go ahead and, and take Luis Robert with one of those two picks. <laughs> you know, I'm going to take Robert and Eloy. Let's just have some fun with it, right? Yeah, right before you do. Uh, what, what pitchers are available at this point? I'm just uh, curious. They're, they're gross, man. It's like the first one's uh, Lance Lynn. Uh, Corbin Burns, Max Fried, Sonny Gray. Yeah, all right. So it's Ryu. The, the, yeah, yeah. There's nothing. Yeah, they're all gone. Liam Hendricks. So I'm gonna wait a couple rounds and like you know target. Uh, I mean, I I guess you, you're Lizardo, going high maybe. upside there. You're going high upside there. There's nothing wrong with high upside there. There's only one way to play, man. Eloy. Well, no, you still got it. Okay, we're back to this. But um, Eloy. The thing about Eloy is he's better than average. He really is. I mean, so I guess it's not. I forgot that it was OBP. Obviously, it's OBP. So, eh, you go for it, man. Go, go do your thing. Wait, wait. One, one last thing before you click. Yeah. What the hell was that, by the way? Fang. I don't know. I don't know go where ahead. that came from. Me either. I'm, I'm sort of regretting <laughs> it as it comes out. I. But here we go. I actually think you want to take Judge over Eloy. In OBP, I think I, just, I think that's the adjustment. Except the only problem I was thinking the same, but the problem I had with that is not that Eloy is a paragon of health, but he certainly has better health than Judge. So there's there's that right, but there's no way Judge comes back. No way any of these three guys are coming back. If Judge, if this were Judge average, you can't take him at all. You can't right? you can't take Eloy with Robert though because Robert does yeah, bring OBP risk and Jimenez isn't strong in that category but Judge complements yeah, Robert does. really well and I think you're going for crazy ceiling here with both picks I love it it's it's like this is trademark Nando did, stuff yeah, did like, you guys, go, yeah this go is why I'm asking you two for help it is. this is I getting done in this the on sled. my own this is going headfirst down the snow hill in the sled I love it 
but we need to speak to him before he makes his picks in the ninth and tenth rounds. <laughs> Always so wear a helmet, way. but just just do it. Just <laughs> yeah, but he's get, not going to wear the start helmet. And that's go the head point. first. No, that's just, just putting the helmet on and taking the running start and going head well, first. Judge down the is hill. more of a helmet than Eloy. I would agree with that. But then, of course, Judge has you know rib issues. He's got new teeth. Why are we skipping uh, Jose Abreu? Isn't he like the safe, good, your guys pick right now? He's the rates and barrels pick at the moment. But you're insinuating that rates and barrels is boring and that our, uh, no, our player safe. analysis is boring? <laughs> I really, I think he just, you know, there's a lot of times where he takes the shot, but I think he just made that one up, dude. <laughs> no, man, we're, you're, you're paying full freight for Abreu. I mean, second best OBP of his career, 370 last year. He's yeah. never really drawn a ton of walks. He's a nice player, but he's not helped by this format. Uh, I, I think... I'm telling you, you loved Judge last year. Loved yeah, it. totally. You were wanting to take Judge at eight. He's perfect in this spot for you. And Judge and Robert is the most fun combination of picks you could make. I went from Abreu yeah. and Alonzo to Robert and Judge. So there we go. And Don't. you realize, DBR, he's going to blame you when Aaron Judge goes gets hurt. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's that's the outro no for him today. Yeah. I mean, yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think it was – that's why I, if you heard, I sort of – after my thang thing, which I still don't understand, I sort of faded into the background there. I was like, well, I'm going to let – you know, DVR is going to have to take this. So we don't have to hear about Tyler Wade for another year. But if if I were <laughs> well, in that, your that shoes – I mean, you – like jumped in in the cover of Night <laughs> and put in Tyler Wade bids – on no. quote unquote my team, and that's why I'm not doing the league again this year. No, none of us are doing the league. But uh, Aaron <laughs> Judge, the guy who runs it, isn't doing the league. I don't think we're doing it, right? There's no triple crown. Yeah, I don't think it's going to fit into the schedule yeah. this year. It's so much. It, it was it was good for last year, though. Perfect. And I think it's a February event in the future. I think it comes back in 2022. We do it in February when there's less stuff on the schedule, and then it can maybe be... even January. Would January be too early to do it because yeah, nothing's not. happening in January? That might be more fun. Sort of as like a opening opening salvo to everybody. I think that would be really enjoyable. I just think Judge in that spot in OBP, you got to buy Judge. I, I just think he he just is a magnificent OBP player. Man, I hate OBP leagues so much. Man, why don't you you want a little cheese to go with all your wine? No, nah, you know I think you do too privately. You just kind of want to be better on the no, show. I kind of like it. No, I kind of like it because I'm not used to it. So it it forces me to use a different part of my brain. Because I'm trained on average, so anytime I gotta go, I get to go into the OBP world. It's like, oh wait, you're not so. I like not being so smart or not being so good at something. I, I take joy in that. Like, I, like when I'm talking about REL, like I want to learn from different people. I want to. That's part of the joy of the game. Once you think you're great, you're done. Done. Once you think you've got it figured out, you're finished. Because you're going to stop growing. That's not just baseball. It's not just fantasy baseball. That's life. As soon as you, I, I know this as an actor, my, my experience as an actor, as soon as you think you're the smartest guy in the room, you're now the dumbest guy in the room. So always be learning. Always be growing. Part of the upside for me with OBP is that it's it's outside of what I would normally think, you know? But yes, I I, I endorse Judge. I do. I buy him everywhere. So All right. you know, I love him. I just love him. All right, cool. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, moving along. Uh, uh, yes, you know, sir. I want to talk about, so I got, I don't want to make this about me, but I think there's some interesting players here that we can bring up for the show. Um, yep. Ty France is because Ty France and Adam Duvall have become my obsessions. Um, I just got sniped on both of them in the score sheet draft that I'm in. Uh, how come more people aren't on Ty France DVR? Like he's got a great track record in the minor leagues. Um, a lot of power. It seems like he has a job locked up. Um, I'm pretty like, I think the dude who got, Fired from the Mariners for those remarks. Uh, said some nice things about Ty France in there, too. Um, it just seems like people are afraid of him for some reason. But really, he's got 30 home run, 
275 potential. Dare I say I Jed go. Jerko potential? That's what I was going to say. I was like, it's just your new <laughs> Jed Jerko, he dude. Might he might be. You're literally describing your your Jed Jerko love circa yeah. 2012. But is he not? I, no, I think that's a pretty good description of what he likely is. I mean, an unheralded guy for sure. A 34th round pick back in 2015. Uh, old for the level. I think he was a college guy. But plate skills have always been good. Even when he doesn't walk, he's good at tempering strikeouts. The power's real. We've seen... Some pretty gaudy numbers in the minors. I mean, he was 38% better than league average when he debuted at AAA. He was 96% better than league average at AAA in 2019. Yeah, it was El Paso. Yeah, it was a juiced ball year. But 96% better than league average? That doesn't. That's not normal. Um, DVR is so smart. There's opportunity is, in, in right. Seattle. And I think they're giving him a lot of opportunities to take grounders at third base. So yeah, once he's going to be starting Sinker's third baseman. Yeah. yeah, totally. I mean... It, he's going to be the third the, the, in their mind. He's going to be the third baseman. It's that 2019 San Diego Padres triple A season. That just kind of blows your mind. I mean, it really does. It's shocking. 27 home runs and 296 at bats with a 399 batting average. That's like video games. 1.2, 1.247 OPS. What? So yeah, that's why you like him. I like him too. He's going to be, I imagine, the guy we end up talking about more. Of this He'll be the jerks and profile of this season for us. Um, I mean, we don't, we don't really have, disagree on him. I think all three of us like him. No, I think we like him. I mean, I like the second base eligibility. It looks like he is going to get third base eligibility as well uh, in Dynasty Leagues. You can even I have him in DL1 that I share with Robert Mershak. Oh, and he has 325 at-bats, so we've got 25 at-bats. We can stash him still. So, you know, there's real there's real upside there. It's a, It's a nice piece. I mean, you don't gotta go crying when you lose them, but still a player to a player to be aware of. I'm following Robert Mershak on Twitter now, by the way. He's good. He's he's a good follow. He's a he's a he's a kind man. I like him. Let's move on to sleepers. I wanna highlight yes. four I wanna highlight four of these. Um I mean, I can't remember the first name of the I keep wanting to say Adam Lambert. Jimmy Lambert. James Lambert. That's the guy who is too deep for Ian Khan, but just remember that name. Uh, and okay. if you, you want to read about it, go check out the Sleepers article. After you say, oh, push-up time. No, it's not. I got rid of the push-ups. I'm, I just got a phone call from an 855 number. That is not a problem. That, that is easily rejected. Keep DBR, going. Keep going. How, many, how many spam calls do you think Ian just picks up because he likes talking on the phone so much? <laughs> Way more than I pick up. I mean, I, I ignore you know anything I from an unfamiliar number. I, I, I don't recognize I, uh, this number. Hello? This is Ian Khan. <laughs> Can we talk about your third round pick, please? Uh, no, what I do uh, is they when they ask for my social security number, like those kinds of guys, I shame them. I absolutely shame them. I say, you know, you're not going to be able to get away with that with me, but there is somebody who you're going to be able to scam. How do you sleep at night, sir? How do you sleep at night? Do your children know what a piece of crap you are? Because you are. Because all you're trying to do is scam people and get over on them. So, yeah, that's how I handle it. It's not very nice. If I were you, I would just give, give Marty Decker as your name and make up a social security number. <laughs> I could do that. Yeah, I guess. Right. <laughs> Let's get to the uh, Rowdy Telez is the first one on the list. So, is he really under the radar at this point? Uh, well, he, I think he's a sleeper. I don't know if he's under the radar. Sorry, we opened the show talking about seven players who everyone's going to be getting in the first three rounds. <laughs> now, yeah. now he's not under it's the radar fine. enough. <laughs> no, no, I, I still I want to go back to those days where can we please talk about this guy Max Scherzer? Anyway, Rowdy Telez, what do you think? Well, here's what, here's what Caitlin wrote. Uh, Rowdy Telez currently has 298.52 NFBC ADP. So nice. it's close enough to 300. Uh, last year, here's what she wrote. This is really good. Last year, he cut his strikeout rate by nearly 13 percentage points to respectable 15.7%, and he didn't sacrifice power. Uh, with, the Blue jo- with the Blue Jays starting the season at the hitter-friendly TD Ballpark in Dunedin, they may want Telez's lefty bat in the lineup more often than not. She recognizes there's a playing time crunch, which I think is what thrust him into the sleeper role. Um, but she does have a sure. good point. Like, they got this park that's friendly to left-handers so do we like him sure at 298.52 i like him i mean if you're looking if you need a corner infielder in that spot uh there's a lot of guys at that first base uh area that i i, I kind of like um and he's one of them i mean I, I, how he's not gonna, probably not gonna play against lefties would you guess dvr i mean i'm thinking the splits are probably not great um, but he's, he can hit. I mean, we've been hearing about, you know, you hear a name like route It's like blaze Jordan who got signed, I think by the Red Sox, like everyone's going to keep their eye out on what happens to blaze Jordan moving forward. Right. Cause his name is blaze. This guy's name is rowdy. I've been hearing about rowdy Telez since I think 2015. Um, and he, you know, he, he can hit, looks like he can hit, hit a home run the other day. Right. 
Yeah, Rowdy, I think, as a lefty on a team full of righties and a team that has probably one too many everyday players, at least when everyone's healthy, he, he won't play against left-handed pitching. So he's a big side platoon guy, but where he goes, that's fine. That's comparable to the playing time that a lot of other guys get in that range. What do you think the downside risk is, though, with his share of the big side platoon playing time? Because as it stands right now, if you put Teoscar Hernandez in the lineup as an everyday guy, then Randall Gritchick is the extra player. Or if you put Gritchick in, then Teoscar Hernandez is the extra guy. So maybe it's a moot point. Maybe someone gets hurt. But do you think there's at least a chance that if Rowdy gets off to a slow start, he gets buried and he's more of a left-handed bat off the bench or he's more of a two to three starts per week guy instead of a four to five starts per week guy? Yes. Yeah, that is a risk. But he also, I mean, Randall Grychuk is not that great. <laughs> I mean, you know, he... Who's playing center field on that team? Springer. I gotta. Oh yeah, of course Springer. Jeez, it's a good team, man. They're going to be good this year. They're going to be. I don't know if they're going to win a lot of games, but they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. It's going to be a good lineup. Wow, and that's not going to be fun to face for for teams. I don't know. I mean, I, I think I think Telez might show himself as being a really valuable hitter. So I think I think there's downside, of course, but at two ninety eight point five two, you know, it's two ninety eight point five two. I liked him a lot more before we started talking about this crunch. <laughs> but well, the crunch is there. I mean, there's no doubt. I'm pulling up. I'm pulling up fan fan graphs, um, roster resource. I you know, I mean, right now roster resource has him in as the everyday DH. You can see Vlad going to DH sometimes. Um, I, I I just I'm not a huge Randall Gretchuk fan. I've been you know, I sort of. Meh. Is he great in the, with the glove? I'm I'm not sure. Is he really good with the glove, Gretchuk? A lot better in a corner than in center. Like he can. He's one of those guys that can play center, but it's not a good idea. With Springer there, they can play him a lot more on right. I think the question, too, is Gritchick versus Teoscar defensively, I think that favors Gritchick. So if they yeah, want the best defensive alignment, then Teoscar has to get in the DH mix, and then it's Teoscar righty-righty versus Telez lefty-righty, and then I don't know how that plays out for Rowdy. How long have we been waiting for Gritchick to happen, though? You know what I mean? I mean, he never, he hasn't really. I mean, he is who he is at this point, isn't he? I mean, Grychuk is Grychuk. not great. Yeah, why do we start saying, is it Grychuk? It's Grychuk. I don't know. It's, uh, Grychuk? Yeah, I mean, career-wise, he's better than a league average hitter for his career, even with bad plate skills. Like, Grychuk struck out 27.7% of the time in his career. He's got a career 295 OBP, and because of the power, he's still a slightly above average overall offensive player. Yeah, and I guess. That, that plays, that works, especially in the bottom third of the order, right? I mean, that lineup's so loaded, they don't, need him to be one of their primary sources of run production anymore. So, or DVR, then where, where are you on Rowdy Telez? I yeah, mean, DVR, are you, dra are you grabbing question. him at 300? I'd rather, I'd rather draft Telez as a corner at that price than draft Teoscar Hernandez inside the top 100 overall when I think, you know, yeah, no, Gritchick could be a mess for both of those guys. And then two guys that I'd like more than Gritchick could end up having to compete for one spot. I was really big on Teoscar going into last year, if you remember, um, and I'm not touching him at this price. His Even price though has skyrocketed. The baseball savant, if you look at the underlying numbers on Teoscar, they're for real. I mean, he can hit the ball hard, but his defense is terrible. I mean, he he, he grades out terribly. So it's it's a it's a tricky situation. In an AL only, Rowdy Telez makes an awful lot of sense, though. I don't know, man. I think he could be a nice corner if you've ignored your corners. Like, I just passed up on a Abreu and Pete Alonso, right? So... Who am I looking at now, right? Like, you know, first base, trinkling down a little bit. Maybe the third baseman fills the corner. But if I got to start hitting pitching at some point, you know, I got to fill up five outfield spots. I got to get my middle infield because second base just dies pretty soon. Um, I could see myself being like, all right, I'll grab Rowdy Telez a round or two earlier than I'm supposed to and hope no one else has this idea and, uh, you know, get some home runs. Yeah, out. but I mean, would you rather Rowdy Telez or Jesus Aguiar, who's going around the same area, or CJ Cron? or Brandon Belt, or even Joey Votto. These are guys who you can count on Votto to play every day. Especially in OBP. Gosh, I would I would be targeting Joey Votto. Yeah, in OBP. I mean, he he if if you're but, I'm but saying what if it's, what if it's stuck, Joey Votto's 14 home run season again, you know? Well, last year he hit 11 home runs and 186 at bats. I don't know, his average was low because he was being aggressive get, like everybody else in a 60 game well, season. Hey, all right. Well, I don't I don't know about all that, but I think, you know, Votto his you got to guess that his OBP had to be pretty high last year, even though, yeah, his OBP is 354. So he 226 batting average, but that doesn't really matter. He's got 11 home runs, 186 at-bats. That's pretty good, man. I mean, you know, I, if, if, if you're coming down and he's going to play every day, 
So, I like Joey Votto. I do. Yeah. So yeah. I would I would go there if, if, if Joey Votto Joey Votto is even more under the radar than um, than Rowdy Telez in terms of ADP because ADP for uh, Telez in NFBC is two sixty eight and for Votto is three forty three. All right. You know, and Ronaldo Nunez is 367. Garrett Cooper, Jesus Aguiar is 315. Um, you you got to think that those guys are going to get get a chance to play. As Dribble Cabrera, 490. You know what I mean? I'm not going like, there. I'm not, I'm not going there. All right. Are fine. you? Are you going to uh, go there? 490, I would go there. Sure. Just as one of my bench guys that can play a couple yeah. spots. But you know who else is undervalued? He's boring, but he's undervalued. Is Carlos Santana, especially in OBP leagues. I mean, playing time is not going to be a mm-hmm. problem for him with the Royals. Yeah. yeah, I don't think Ryan McBroom and Ryan O'Hearn aren't really threatening anything. No. Nope. Oh. No. Not uh, yet. Oh, hey, speaking of the Royals, you just, it's Ian who does this. Uh, let's go to Hunter Dozier. did. Hunter Dozier. I'm proud of you. This is what Alec what did. I know, right? Alec Lewis has Hunter Dozier, which again, he's, you know, 232.9 ADP. But mm-hmm. he points out that Dozier suffered through a brutal case of COVID-19 at the beginning of the 2020 season. Not only did that affect his breathing, but his delayed start also affected timing. Sure. Um, the breathing thing is like, you know, like there's going to be a list of like five or six COVID guys like Mankata. We talked about last week, Hunter Dozier, um, the, you know, like there, there's going to be the, the way you read these reporters and what they're talking about. And they're in camp and they're going to talk to these guys and they're going to say like, you know, some of these Marlins might have been like, yeah, I got, you know, I was really messed up for weeks. I didn't say anything about it, but I like, I couldn't breathe. Um, Hunter Dozier sitting at 232. Does that. DVR, does that pique any more interest knowing this little detail about his last year? Yeah, I think he kind of made sense as a high-volume playing time bounce-back guy anyway. He's interesting because he's also first base and outfield eligible in a lot of leagues, so you get a little flexibility there. Where he's going to hit in the lineup, probably, I don't know, fifth or sixth, right? I mean, kind of near the middle, at least. I think that's pretty... That's pretty appealing. I think it all comes back to how much you believe in the 2019 breakout. And I know Ian was all over Hunter Dozier early that year in Fab. That was a 279-348-522 season. I don't know if I expect him to get all the way back to that level. No. That may go down as the best offensive season of Hunter Dozier's career. But the projections the projections seem light in power, especially. Projections are 246, 322, 438. I think I'd go a little higher on the average. I'd, I'm more like 250s, 330s with like a 460, 470 slug. I'm, I'm splitting the difference in slug and then going up in that category. I was excited about him in 2019. It's like I get excited about the guys right before, and then when they start getting, you have to start paying for that price. I'm less excited. Um, <laughs> Ian's like right? the guy who hated Pearl Jam once I got popular. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true that hit a little too close to home? <laughs> No, I, no, no. Um, I, I just music's not my thing. Baseball's my thing. Um, Hunter Dozier, yeah, I mean he's fine. Right, he's a fine player. Listen. He's a he's the guy who I took in the XFL draft for eight bucks this year, uh, and that's about what I think of him. He's a you know he's if you're if you're running low on space and you need a little bit of diversity, you can do that. All right, Dozier's let's, fine. Dozier's fine. I yeah, think all right, he's play. you got nothing to say about Dozier. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Jacob Webb. By the way, this is all from the same column. So when you subscribe through Ian's Dynasty Ranks. Yeah, please through my Dynasty Ranks. So another can go. Another one. Ding. There you go. There you go. Uh, yeah. Well, I think it, come, come up with a new sound effect by the end of the show for that. Right, you're the one who said the James Anderson thing. I'm well, just I can't steal that. Super that super seems. Yeah. Right, I'll try to come up with something new. All right. Go ahead. Uh, Jacob Webb. Jacob I'm Webb, kind of right? interested in this. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, he had a 1.39 ERA. David O'Brien wrote this. He had a 1.39 ERA, a couple of saves, 28 strikeouts, and 32 and a third as a rookie before an elbow impingement, which might have come from throwing when he was aching because he wanted to keep making a great impression. Anyway, ended that season in mid-July, ultimately needed surgery, wasn't ready last spring or summer. But after being activated in September, he pitched 10 scoreless innings with 10 strikeouts, five walks, and eight appearances, and zero runs. Zero runs. Not That's, that's kind of cool. There was a piece of me, what, what kind of struck me about Jacob Webb was, you know, that Atlanta bullpen, there's really no answer there yet. I mean, is it who's it going to be? Could it be Jacob Webb in a first-year player draft? If you want to grab him in the eighth, ninth round and see if it comes to fruition, I kind of like it because you can also stash him in your minor league. So that's what kind of appealed to me. What do you guys think? I'm on Will Smith. I think Chris Martin is a name that I've heard several people I trust bring up as a really Mm -hmm. good late dart totally makes sense because they didn't give the job to Smith with Mark Melanson there even though they paid Smith a lot of money Uh, my reason for believing in Smith is that Smith's another one of those guys that did have COVID was impacted by it once he 
got through it, pitched a lot better at the end of the shortened season than he did at the beginning. As a lefty, splits against righties and lefties are both pretty good, historically speaking. And this is a bullpen loaded with lefties. A.J. Minter, Grant Dayton, Tyler Matzik, probably Sean Newcomb in that pen too. That's four other lefties. So Will Smith being a lefty won't cost him the chance to close. So I'm going to be wrong about Will Smith one more time before I finally give up on him as the closer in Atlanta. Would you grab Webb in a deeper league if you had, like, say NL only? Would you be like, all right, let me get Webb just to back up Smith just in case? He could be a good late reserve pick in NL only. I mean, I, late I, do, reserve, yeah. I do think Martin would be my first choice as like a $1 endgame guy or an earlier reserve pick. But if I wanted to throw mm-hmm. that very last reserve pick at a possible saves play, then Jacob Webb would be someone I could consider for that spot. Same thing, same idea in a first year player draft. When you get to round eight, nine, and 10, you're, you're just picking from the waiver wire that you guys are, you're probably going to end up dropping right away. So it's, so that's, that's, that's where we're thinking of. I mean, this is the under the radar kind of play. I mean, beyond Teles, beyond Dozier, and beyond the next guy we're about to talk about. Next so, guy we're going to talk about. I was going to let you do it again. Uh, no, you go. No, yeah. Let's let DVR do it. He hasn't talked a lot this episode. What do you guys want me to do? Avisel Garcia. <laughs> I, I don't like bringing up Brewers because everyone thinks I'm just being a homer jerk. And then uh, they say, oh, why do you talk about Brewers so much? It's like, because I don't know. They're good. They they have interesting players. I talk about the Yankees far too much. So it's it's all fine. No, no. No, yeah, I no, do. I do. No, yeah. Oh, no. no. Well, no. you know why? Because I watch them every day. They have a baseball team. I watch all the games. I try to watch a little bit of everything and picture I want to see. But I'm I'm watching the game with my with my boys. I'm watching the Yankees on the TV. You know, so I'm, I got a lot to say about the Yankees. Go ahead, Avisel Garcia. Yeah, DVR. Right. Avisel Garcia, I, I think, is a different person than he was at the end of last season. If you've seen pictures or if you've seen any highlights from spring training, he is not the tight end linebacker body player that he's been his entire career. He's now the the 6'4", like 210, 215-pound guy, which is really interesting because he's always had surprising amounts of speed for someone that's pushing 250 pounds. And now that he's leaner, I wonder if the speed is actually going to be there even more consistently. And we saw him hit a home run, I think, in the first Cactus League game that went over the batter's eye. I don't think the power, at least early on, is showing any signs of, of being gone. It's really a big changes to his diet that cost him uh, caused him to lose a lot of weight. I liked him quite a bit going into last season. I think he was the kind of player, if you didn't have him on your team, you don't realize just how bad the shortened season was for him. They didn't really bring anybody in to replace Ryan Braun. They got a bunch of utility guys that are backup outfielders. It's the best home park that Avi Garcia has played in during his career. I said this during last draft season, too. I love this situation right now. He's cheap, like a fringy top 300 overall guy that might get everyday playing time in an above-average lineup. Sign me up. I love the Will Salmon point about how he played center field last year and they might have drained some of his energy. Now he's back in right field. Oh, that was spectacular. Like a spectacular little detail that you know you can only get from the beat writer. Yeah. I, Which Ian yeah. doesn't buy. I mean, no, I just... No, don't I mean, worry, Will doesn't listen. That's okay. Um, no, I <laughs> yeah, just... he does. He listens to rates and barrels. <laughs> well, I, yeah, he listens to that too. But Will, I think Will listens to all the fantasy shows. Yeah, Will's a fantasy guy. Will's awesome. My, my only concern about Garcia, and I think he could be better for sure this year, is if you look at the the underlying stats, he's just not that good of a hitter. You know, I mean, don't, you dare. Red eyes, don't you? No, dare. I'm serious. I mean, his barrel rate is 15. percent He's at the 15th percent. You know, whiff ninth percent. Bad in the outfield. Um, you know, K rate not bad, but. Hard hit rate thirty nine percent. I mean, maybe, maybe, but we're gonna have to see. We're gonna have to see that. But you know what? I'll, t- I'll say this on the flip side of that. Certainly, at the price, when someone dedicates their life to the game, which is something we talked about last week about Yohan Mankata, and if you dedicate yourself to your body and to your to your to your skill set and to everything else, we should see we should see improvement. So I'm gonna go along with DVR on this. I'm, I'm shifting as a mid 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 thought. So, yeah, definitely worth it at that price. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey, guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash 
or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's uh let's move on to the Ian portion of the show, which is basically Ian writes seven things in the rundown that we have no idea until he actually says them how to fill it. It's like little puzzle pieces, right? <laughs> it's okay, right? I don't you think it's it's cool. Like, uh, what's the show? I think it's Law and Order SVU. Boom, um, boom. I did, did that show. Did you? Did so then you know, like when you come back from commercial, there's like a still, but it's like you don't. It's like an out of context still that's going to happen. In, you know, until the next commercial break. Well, the first thing I'm going to talk about is the imaginary brick wall. That's a guy. His name is Mike. <laughs> See? No, listen. There's a reason. No, no, no. There's a reason. Uh, he he He's really good. A really good dynasty mind. I really like this guy. He does a top 1,000 dynasty rankings. If you haven't checked out imaginary brick wall, you should uh, on Twitter. Uh, he also follows everybody back, I, I noticed, which is very kind of him to do. Um, and imaginary brick wall, what he did today, and I wrote to him, I was like, this is cool, is he did a daily rundown. For you know, like other people do rundowns of players, he does it for Dynasty League. So he's going to be looking at prospects. He's going to be looking at other stuff. I just wanted to give him a shout out and tell you, you should definitely uh, give that a look. Um, Imaginary Brick Wall uh, on Twitter. Uh, The other thing that I wanted to talk about was, oh, the thing last week about Mankata. So people had a lot of feelings about that. Some people were like, you're an idiot. And I was like, yeah, that's probably fair. Um, but then uh, Steve Gardner and I were talking this weekend and he, and I sent this to you guys. He sent me um, a, a quote of Javier Baez that I thought that he thought was relatable very much to what we talked about on the show. So I'm going to read it real quick. Uh, this is what Javier Baez was talking about, about how his career has sort of gone in the wrong direction and how he's making a change to make it go in the right direction. So this is what he wrote. It's a little long. Sorry. To me, my personal opinion, after we won and then in 2017, we played the World Baseball Classic, I did the body issue. To me, I kind of got away from baseball, mentally got away from baseball because all this other stuff we did, it had the fans or people, family seeing me different ways, seeing me as an actor, as a rapper or something else. It was like, Javi, can you do a video for this? Javi, can you do this? Can you do this? And I kind of got away from that and from baseball because I was kind of scared and I wanted to play baseball and people not seeing me as a baseball player. So that's why I kind of, I didn't get away from it, but I wasn't into baseball. I wasn't trying to get better every day. I was just playing with my talent. These past three years, which last year was bad for me, I was into it. I was into baseball, and that's why it was so frustrating. But now I'm really into it again, and and like I know that we're going to struggle, but at the same time, we got to get better and make adjustments. I've got more confidence in myself. I'm letting the game teach me what I can do. So it, you know, he sent me that, and I sent it to you guys, and that that's what I was talking about was when baseball is really hard, and if you're one of the top 600 guys who can play the game while you have those 15 years, 10 years that you can play the game, my feeling is like, hold off on the pop star and everything else. Did, did, how did that land for you guys when I send it to you or when you hear it again now? So I, I think it's one of those things that it's going to vary from player to player. I think when the Cubs broke that streak, the demand for everybody on that roster went through the roof, right? I mean, that was a, a beloved team in Chicago and understandably so. I think you can handle those requests a lot of ways. You can do what Baez did and say yes to everybody and spread yourself too thin and completely lose focus on what matters, whether that's mm-hmm. your career as a ball player, your family, it could be anything. You could also have a hobby on the side of baseball. You could only spend so many hours a day preparing and training to play baseball, right? There's a certain point, whatever number of hours that is, it's less than there are hours in the day. So you have some time to do other things. So 
I'm still looking at this and saying, hey, yeah, Javi, Javi Baez went full Gordon Bombay in Mighty Ducks 2, and it went to his head. But not everybody who picks up a hobby is going to get so immersed in the hobby that they lose control of the day-to-day preparations they need to go through to be a great ball player. Can I, can I, can I, I want to respond real quick to that. I think that's fair. And Moncada could be great this year and I could be wrong. I'm just speaking from my perspective on whether I would be targeting that third baseman in a draft. And the reason I'm not targeting him is because of this. But do you remember I talked about Pete Alonso and my frustration with Pete Alonso last year? I used to talk about it all the time. You joined a like, country oh. band. Mattress commercials. Uh, mattress commercials. <laughs> this commercials. That commercials. Tweeting out regularly. Well, what did he do this week? Right before he did, I sent this to James Anderson. Ding. This is what he wrote. After, uh, I want to say this first. He just got rid of all of his social media accounts. He said, you know what? I got to just focus on baseball. I'm getting sidetracked. And then, But right before he did, he posted this. He posted a picture of his glove and a picture of him looking like a badass at first base. He said, this glove will be with me when I accomplish my goal of winning a gold glove. This glove will be there catching the last out of the World Series. I've been working my ass off not to just be great, but to be the best. I cannot be more ready for 2021. If you don't believe what I'm saying, just sit back and enjoy the show. It's time to feast. Let's go, Matsy. Put an F in there. At Rawlings. To me, Pete Alonso goes up my draft board. I can't believe that Nando passed on him there because <laughs> what he basically did, what he's doing now is what I objected to last year when he was struggling. It was like he he wasn't, he, his his focus was, he was on too many commercials. It's like, don't do TV commercials. Whatever money you're making, you're going to make more in your contract from having a better season and you're going to have a better season if you're focusing on baseball because days off in baseball are rare. You only get one a week, right? Sometimes one every two weeks. If you take that one day off when you should be like laying on the couch and just just relaxing your body and you're on set all day, having been on set all day is not a day off. It's a day at work. So these guys, I, I think Pete Alonso's got it. I think that he's he's getting smarter and I, I appreciate that. So I just wanted to speak to that because it's it's really what I look for in in players. I want to see guys who are saying, "I'm gonna be, I'm gonna do everything I can to be the best that I can be this year." I'm not happy with how I was. Those are the guys that I'm looking for. Anyone? Anyone? Uh, Anyone? I agree. I mean, but like this is like going back to ancient Greek mythology. It's just hubris, right? It's basically what we're talking about here. Kind of. Yes. Misled. I mean, I, it's it's frankly, wild thing. We learned our lesson in Major League too. Wasn't that the lesson that we learned? Everything we needed to know about life, we learned from sports sequels in movies made in the 90s. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's what, look, I have the same argument with uh, fantasy analysts sometimes who say, I'm the best, I'm the best. It's like, well, you mean hey, analysts like Ariel Cohen? Well, no, Ariel doesn't. No, well, you know, I, so I was giving our, you a segue to do the voice. That's all. Oh, sorry. I didn't okay. think you were actually going to take that Yeah, I think. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, okay. I didn't. I didn't know where you were going. <laughs> but, but like, I, I, there's there's wisdom to me in just keeping humble in the game because you never know what's going to happen. Like, uh, if you grab Brandon Woodruff in the second round of a draft, as I did last week, and now he's got a back issue, my team isn't going to struggle because of that. Now, maybe he'll be fine. Hopefully, he's going to be fine. But, you know, you never know. And baseball is a, a fun, fickle game in that way. So just, you know, let's let's let the let's let the, the score at the end of the season say who you are as opposed to us saying who we are. Because, you know, it's a hard game. And a lot of really great players out there. A lot of really smart guys and women. Great women, great women, great men. Let's just stay humble because life has a its way of of, uh, of showing you the, the the dark side of the moon when you think you're so great. Anyway, I keep talking about that. Uh, speaking of so great, uh, please, in the podcast tournament, please vote this week for Flags Fly Forever, the Mike Gianella show on BP. I think he used to do it with Brett Sayre, um, and I don't know who he does it with now. I think I don't think he does it with Brett anymore. Um, but uh, we're up against them in the podcast. Please give them a listen. Please give them a vote. They certainly deserve to go on to the next round. And now you're coming to invitation. Oh, okay. Are we there? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> you're All on right, a roll. So, I don't want to get in your uh, way. You don't, you don't have to do it if you don't want to. It's okay. Yeah, you're well, actually pressuring yourself to do this. Well, no. Ariel loves this impression so much. Ariel and I have become good friends, right? I, I enjoy him very much. As I said, he's tremendously smart. So he said, when are you going to do the 
the impression. And so I finally did it last week, right? I like worked it up. And then when I was talking to Gardner uh, this week, as we were talking about a trade that we were trying to make happen in XFL, I, I did. He said the, the impression of Ariel is very, very funny. Um, so he helped me write the end of it. So here it comes. And I've done it for Ariel already. He laughs hysterically every time. Happy. He's happy. I promise everybody. He's happy. Here we go. It's our mega auction strategy podcast. Join us with guest Derek Van Riper from The Athletic. Pitchers and catchers are upon us. You want to find your hot spot to get the most value for your auction price because with value comes winning. Take it from me, Ariel Cohen. That's it. Bravo, man. Great. I thought you were going to keep going. No, that's all I got for this week. I'll, I'll, I'll keep writing. <laughs> Please do. I enjoy it. I listened, I listened to his uh, episode with Stefania Bell this morning, and I'm, I'm, I'm constantly working on it. I'm going to keep trying to mm, want to get this one perfect. I mean, you got to think like so. Five years ago, right? Ariel Cohen, you know, was an, it was an actuary, was doing his thing, and you were uh, George Washington on AMC's turn. Mm-hmm. Like to, the thrill that must come from like someone of your stature taking time to study every inflection and word you have <laughs> to do an impression. I, I enjoy <laughs> really it so else, much. Man. I really enjoy. I, know. I enjoy. I enjoy doing this impression. Like if you do an impression and, and you enjoy it, like you just want to do more of it. So I was doing it for Cushing on the phone last night. And he was like, well, you know, it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. You sure he likes it? And I was like, yeah, no, I think he likes it. He likes it. So we, we keep doing it. And like I said, listen to, listen to beat the shift podcast. It's he come, he and his partner, Ruvain, they, they really do. Uh, they, they're very smart. They, they, they really are, uh, they're really good. So if you have time, listen to them, listen to flags fly forever, listen to rates and barrels, uh, and listen to under the radar and fantasy baseball in 15 and the, all, all the rest. Anything else? No, that's it. What that's about, uh, what's this? I give up all about. Eh, I'd rather not. Right. <laughs> you didn't want to wrote it. I know. I, I've talked too much already. You, that's no, enough. Let's, let's move on. No, I mean, no, 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 no. I'm going to pass. All right. I'm um, going to pass. Hey, we might on. finish this rundown. Yeah, we got a shot to get through this thing. Could you imagine? I know. I'm excited. This is very. Nobody happens. has a heart out today, so it's it's really exciting. And I really have been looking forward to getting back on with you guys. So super fun. Okay, what's next? Well, I had a note about. I mean, this is where I just dumped notes. Uh, I had uh, I spent five dollars on Shogo Akiyama in a uh, Dynasty 24 team auction, the Scott White Dynasty League, over the weekend. Um, and you know, same thing. I want to pair him with uh, Jorge Alfaro because same same thing. Like I got them both in this. It's a 24-person auction, which is impossible to, like, buy a player. Um, and it's it's just, I mean, I was very surprised that both of them kind of went through to me in, in almost, you know, that that middle ground before the dollar days. Uh, and now I'm just wondering, like, what, like I understand the reports are Akiyama doesn't have a job, but, I mean, come on, he'll get one. And then Alfaro, I thought was, uh, before last year, was hitting, like, 260 with 20 home run potential. I'm just wondering why I'm the only person on these two in a group of very smart people, DVR. Well... Akiyama, for one, is a little older than people realize. He's going to be 33 in April. Uh, The speed from last year is really interesting to me because I didn't expect him to be the kind of guy that would pace out for 20 steals. I thought we'd get a little more of a balanced type of player. I thought he'd be like an Adam Eaton sort of profile. Maybe a dozen homers, a dozen or so steals. Good run production thanks to a high OBP. And we got... Like almost no sign of any power at all. 297 slugging percentage in 54 games is just brutal. I'm kind of worried that he's the sort of guy that just gets the bat knocked out of his hands and ends up being more of a true bench outfielder than someone who's going to play as often as we'd like him to. But as cheap speed plays go, I think it makes sense. In a league that size, for five bucks, I think you'd find. I think he's just more of a, a lottery ticket than than a guy that I feel really good about. How about Alfaro? Always, oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. And there's always injury issues on teams, and Cincinnati could run into that. I think he's going to be a little bit, bit better this year than he was last year. I think, you know, it's that it's that thing of, oh, wow, all right, I better get to work here because this is harder than I thought. Uh, I think it's – but Senzel always struggles with injury issues. Um Jesse Winker also. So, you know, it's it's going to be uh it's going to be a tough road to hoe. You didn't spend that much money, so, you know, you like him a speed play, not bad. Is it OBP? Or no, it's it points? points. It's CBS points. Okay, well, he walks. He's got a pretty good walk rate. I mean, his OBP 
he, you know, he has he has some upside there if he does play. Jorge Alfaro, I've always liked. I mean, I, I for a dollar, it's fine. And twenty four team league for a buck, I think that's a, a perfectly fine choice. I just remember this one home run I saw Alfaro hit to right center field, and I was like, damn, that is some serious opposite field power there. So, uh, you know, I, I, I it could all come together. He's coming. I think he's in his twenty. He's twenty eight. He's going to be twenty nine this season. So, if catchers, it takes them some time to to graduate. I wouldn't be surprised if one day you're like, Jorge Faro, look at me, I'm the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think with Alfaro, it's it's a high volume of playing time. So, in two catcher leagues, especially, you just like the counting stats quite a bit. It's a one catcher league, though. Yeah, it's a one-catcher but it's a deep one-catcher league, though, right? So yeah, it's right. like a 12-teamer with two versus like a 24-teamer with one. About mm-hmm. the same number of catchers people care about, I guess. But Yeah, I, I kind of like it. I think I, this sticks with me because I, I remember laughing when I when I heard it. But Jorge Alfaro, according to, I think it was Eric Longenhagen of Fangraphs, has the worst plate discipline in professional baseball, like including all of the minor <laughs> leagues. Uh, but he's always been tooled up. I mean, like, look at the barrel rates. In 18 and 19, double-digit barrel rates. When he makes contact, he hits the ball hard. Uh, I think that gives him a little more of a batting average floor than you typically get for a catcher striking out 33 to 35% of the time. So in deep leagues, in the second catcher spot where he goes, I think Alfaro makes some sense just as a, a cheap counting stats play with some pop. I kind of like Alfaro this year. I kind of do. Um, hey, is it like, right? Like, I don't get it. Like, it, it seems like people are going way too hard on what he did last year. Well, I mean, he's been around for a long time, so... Um, it's not like he's Buster Posey. No, but I mean, he's... Yeah, I, I kind of like him. I kind of like him in that in this spot. For for what you got for a buck, there's a, it's a no-brainer for me. If, and NL only, what are you going to pay for that NL only? DVR, are you going to pay three, four dollars? Yeah, that's that's fine. Maybe you get up to five or six, depending on auction yeah. dynamics. But I, yeah, more more than a buck or two. Yeah, I kind of like it. I kind of like it. I mean, DVR's got, you've got NL labor this weekend, right? Saturday night? Saturday night. Oh, and I will be, I should say this, I am going to be doing for HQ on Saturday night at 8 p.m. If you sign up for First Pitch Florida online, which is kind of a cool deal because it's $79, but then you get to have $50 credit towards your next in-person. So I think they just want people to come. Um, 8 p.m. I'm going to be doing a Dynasty, uh, whatever, presentation, Q&A. Um, and I think I'm going to have I'm going to have a guest too. I think it's going to be Brett Sayer. And then at 145 That's on right, we're Sunday, busy. we're busy. Well, yeah, or, or Nando Defino. No, we're just messing. No, Nando. come on, I can't do it. You know, I can't. Um, and then 145 on Sunday, I'm doing. Uh, I'm leading one with. Uh, I don't know who I'm doing it with, but it's about when to drop players, when to give up on players. So uh, eight o'clock. So sign up. Definitely, uh, it's going to be fun. Good people doing good stuff. My favorite thing you ever taught me was. Dumping your dynasty team early. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a, it's a, it's a wise move. Okay. So then you did a box break with your friends last week and it was awesome. Yeah. DVR said no thanks. DVR passed on it. 13 people, 50 bucks. Is that 50 bucks each? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Worked with a card shop owner who set up a Zoom, had two cameras. Wow. Opened up a 1991 Leaf Studio, a 2021 Tops, a 2020 Bowman's Best, NBA Hoops. I got a Bruce Dar Gratterall autograph and a Joe Adele Bowman's Best. A few others got drunk, but let's talk Gratterall. <laughs> what? Thank you for adding. <laughs> what, I just read what he wrote. No, I mean, that was a weird. Uh, we got a few other cards. Oh. <laughs> I thought you meant a few other people got drunk. No, I got drunk. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let me do that part again. I got Bruce Dark Gratterall autograph and a Joe Adele Bowman's Best. A few others got drunk. That's well, let's talk Gratterall. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Um, Gratterall, amazing. The guy doesn't get more strikeouts. He throws so freaking hard, um, and he makes other teams angry. That's what. That's those are my feelings about Bruce Dark Gratterall. Um, but you got to think that there's upside there. Eventually, you could see him being the closer for the Dodgers in two years, right? I mean, I think so. He's got the arm for it, wouldn't you say, DVR? Yep, he's got the stuff to do it. I think the Ks will be there eventually. Maybe he's not a forty percent K rate guy at his peak, but he could at least get to that thirty to thirty-five percent range that our our second-tier closers get to. Right, the Ryan Presleys of the world. I think that's mm-hmm. that's within reach for Gratterall. You know what's interesting about these guys? I mean, Gratterall throws one hundred one, one hundred two. I was thinking, like, how do guys graduate? How do hitters deal with that pace? I saw something once. They have on their hitting machine, like on the pitching machine, they can tune that baby up to like 105, 110. 
So they get used to that pace. That's the only reason. Like, how is a guy throwing 101, 102 not getting more swing and miss? Because back in the back just five years ago, Chapman throwing 102, you couldn't you couldn't keep up with it. Now guys are keeping up with that velocity. It's 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 interesting. I mean, what how many strikeouts did Gratterall have last year? Thirteen in twenty three and a third innings. It just That's doesn't crazy. make sense, yeah. doesn't it? No, it doesn't. It just doesn't make any sense. But it seems to be what what happens with him. Well, sixty two percent ground ball rate though, which is really good. And the fact that he was throwing that hard and not walking anybody, yeah, that bodes really 0.9? well. A lot of guys that throw that hard don't know where it's going, right? I mean, there's there's a I think a Jordan Hicks maybe is a guy that has great velocity and not great command, at least not yet. Hey, and word on Jordan Hicks. Andrew Miller came off of the field yesterday and said, I'm so depressed. I think he said, I'm so depressed. He said, Jordan Hicks is so good. So good. I, I think Jordan Hicks is going to take that job as closer. Get get That's under the radar. Get get that guy. Yeah, I don't Wouldn't know. You say? It, it seems like he's due to like get hurt. You know, like not yeah. like, a, like an aftermath nice. of the Tommy John. Maybe, but I, I I like that St. Louis. I I I'm really big on Alex Reyes this year, and I'm really big on um on Jordan Hicks. Like Reyes think, is a starter, back end starter, yeah. or a high leverage yeah. reliever. Uh, no starter. I think he I think he will be a starter at some point, and maybe he'll only pitch five innings. Maybe he'll go six. But I think that that's you know he's a former top three, top four prospect in baseball. He's got some silly stuff, Alex Reyes. I mean, he's a really good pitcher. I, I'm trying to buy him, and I, it's, it's hard. It's hard to buy Alex Reyes in a dynasty league. Always has been, but I, I feel like it should be easier. But maybe just the people who have him don't want to make trades with me. But um, I, I can't seem to get him, and I really want him. Man, a lot of high walk rates, though, even in the upper levels of the minors. Like that's Alex Reyes, when you watch guys pitch and you watch hitter reactions, he might yes. be top five in terms of how uncomfortable hitters look against them. And part of that is... He is one of those guys that has nasty stuff and not great command, at least at this point. Nuke Lelouch. Josh James is like that, too. Look at some of the uh-huh. swings guys take against Josh James when he's healthy. They, it's They're off balance, half swings, like not sure where the ball even came through the zone or if it even actually was thrown because they're clueless up there. But, but that's what I'm looking at. That's what I look at. I want to see how uncomfortable the hitters look in the box. Seriously. That tells me everything, like how frustrated they look after they swing and miss. And if they look back at the pitcher with their eyes like, oh, I'm going to get like if Tanner Rourke, sorry, Tanner Rourke, if Tanner Rourke strikes you out, you look at Tanner Rourke and go, oh, I'm going to get you so bad next time. But if someone like Alex Reyes strikes you out, you look at them and go, yikes, how am I going to handle that in the future? I remember that as a baseball player. It's like, damn, that guy's got good stuff, you know, and that's what I'm looking for. I want to I want to see guys who have that that kind of sterling stuff. And I, I, I think he has it. I really do. It's always been a bit of a question with the whip, but yeah. Before we go, I just wanted to like, are you having trouble making this trade because people are like, no, like I'm not trading with Ian? Are you not giving up good stuff or do the people not want to give up Carlos Martinez? It's not Carlos Martinez. I actually have Carlos Martinez. I mean, Martinez Alex Reyes. Sorry, Alex Reyes. Alex Reyes. Sorry. Uh, I think that, you know, it's... So someone asked me for a tip recently about Dynasty Leagues. Here's a tip I'll give you. Don't put up a trade block. Did I say this on the air recently? I said it recently somewhere else. I, I think it was on Roto Wire last week. Don't don't post a trade block. Once you post a trade block, you are automatically dropping the value of the player by 10% because you're letting everyone know that you want to move them. The only time I put up a trade block with a player is if I'm deep into negotiations with somebody, we've hit a roadblock. I'm going to say, all right, well, let me see where else I can get something going on here for this player to see like what, what the value of the player really is. The other thing is if you ask for a player that player's price goes up by 10% or 20%. So as soon as I show that I have interest in Alex Reyes, the price goes up. That's why you got to you got to be really careful. Like these little the 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 inside of the negotiations matters. Oh, and you got to be mindful. I just don't think I think trade block I, I think trade block is like hey, this is who I want to trade. Everyone come and, you know, come and give me your best offer. I mean, maybe and I guess with someone like Trout, Yelich, um, a player like that, you can do that. But if it's someone who you kind of want to get off of, don't put them on the block. Find the right team that would want that player, that would fit into that player's that team's context, and try to move them to that player. Do the extra work, the extra ten minutes of going through the roster grid, and say, mm, you know what, I, I don't who uh, 
I don't know, Didi Gregorius. I want to trade Didi Gregorius because his stack cast is so bad. Well, all right, if I put up Didi Gregorius, nobody wants him, right? But if I go to a team that really needs a middle infielder because they have an injury or something else, then you can get full value for the player. So that's what I would recommend. That's just a little tidbit of the week. Like it. Love it. Do you love it? Yeah. Do you love it? Thank you. We got to (laughs) go. Time to go. Uh, For the man who has turned his back on the James Anderson ding, Ian Kahn. I'm sorry about that. I take it back and I will be better next week, I assure you. For the man who may regret all season long forcing me to get Aaron Judge. (laughs) I'm already regretting it. (laughs) Hope you had fun, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. Good talk. Good talk. Bye.